We've been in this series called For the People. This is, in fact, our last installment of this series. We spent the last few weeks looking at who God is for. Uh, We saw in week one that God is for people, right? God loves people. His heart is for people. We saw in week two that God is for this thing we're doing right now. God is for church. He is for the church. He is for his church. He's on our side. Isn't that good news? Man, he's on our side. Uh, Week three, we saw that God is for me as an individual, that God is for you as an individual, that God is for us. And individually, he has a call and a purpose for us. Last week, we saw that God is for the lost, that God's heart is for the lost, that he's not against them, even though the lost are God's enemies, God is not the enemy of the lost. God is for the lost. His heart is for them. His his desire is for them. And so today, we wrap this thing up talking about how God is for our city. That God is for our city. That God is for Olive Branch. Hopefully, you got a shirt this morning when you came in. If you... If you rolled in late and you're like, where did all these shirts come from? They're out at the coffee bar. Just go down the little ramp when you leave. You, everybody gets one free shirt. We got blue, gray, and orange. You get to pick which one. We got them in various sizes. So if you're here today, you get a free shirt. Uh, if you're like, oh, my cousin couldn't be here today because they went out to the lake for Memorial Day, they don't get a free shirt. All right? So you get a free shirt because you're here. Uh, only people who are present get the free shirts. We'll, we'll have them for sale going forward for $10 a piece if you want to get like the entire collection, you want to have every color, you can do that. Uh, But those are available today for free, Um, and and it's got this hashtag, as you can see, hashtag 4OB, and we're going to talk about that a little bit and how God is for our city. But I was asked this morning, there's some rivalries emerging between shirt colors. Uh, So I was asked to take a poll. Uh, So if you've already selected your shirt or you haven't yet, but you know, hey, I know which color I'm getting, you can raise your hand for this. So how many of you are team orange? How many of you got orange shirts? All right, we got got some very passionate orange people. Um, How many of you are team gray? Uh, We got some gray people in the house. All right. That's right. And how many of you are team navy, team blue? Uh, Okay, so pretty good split. Uh, I think orange has the lowest numbers, but the highest enthusiasm, uh, which I guess makes sense, right? Orange is like a vibrant color. It's an in-your-face color, uh, so that, that kind of makes sense. The backside of this shirt says Proverbs 11.11, which if you've been part of City Church for any time, hopefully you've heard this verse. Hopefully you're familiar with it, but it's a very core foundational verse for us. It says this. It says, by the blessing of the upright... A city is exalted. The word exalted literally means to lift up. So we believe that if God put a church in Olive Branch, if God put a church on Bethel Road, if God put a church in DeSoto County, if God put a church in Memphis, if God put us here, the city should be lifted up, the city should be better simply because we exist. Doesn't mean the city has to know it. Doesn't mean it has to be about the name of city church. We're not about glorifying our name. We're about glorifying the name of Jesus. But that if we are here, there should be an impact. There should be something we can point to to say, here's how we are lifting our city. Here's how we are empowering our city. Here's how we are exalting our city. It's a verse that we have really grabbed a hold of as part of our church DNA. Uh, We believe that biblically, we as the people of God are the upright. 
That may not be a word that you would necessarily use to describe yourself. That may not be something that you look at your own life and say, oh, yeah, I'm the upright. You may say, man, I, I got a lot of stuff. You may be like, I'm the guy in the Proverbs who's falling seven times, right? You may not feel upright, but biblically, you are the upright, not because of your righteousness, but because of his righteousness. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, he's given, he's credited Jesus' righteousness to your account. So even though your life may not look like it, even though you may have some room to go, which all of us do, you are the upright. And so if you are the upright, the city has to be exalted because you're here, right? This is, this is our purpose. This is what God expects of us. Um, we believe that Olive Branch should be better because we exist, very simply put. Uh, there, there's two stories in scripture that I want to start with today, and rather than having you turn there, I'm just going to share uh, the narratives with you. But there's a story in the book of Jonah of a prophet named Jonah who God calls to a very wicked city. You know God sometimes calls people to wicked cities? Why? Because God is for cities, because cities are full of people, and God is full full of love and full of desire for people. So God calls Jonah to this wicked city called Nineveh, and you know the story, Jonah doesn't want to go. Jonah has other plans. God, Jonah wants God's wrath to be poured out on Nineveh, not God's redemption to be poured out on Nineveh. So Jonah says, nope, I'm going the other way. So he hops on a ship, heading the opposite direction, and as you probably know, a storm rises up, right? This great storm comes, and, and the sailors on the ship start throwing stuff overboard. They're trying everything they can to save the ship, to save their lives. And finally, Jonah says, I'm the problem. Uh, it's me. Throw me into the sea, and the storm will stop. And what happens? They throw him into the sea, and the storm stops, right? Jonah, by his mere presence on that ship, caused that ship great stress. He caused that ship great disaster. He caused that ship great danger. We fast forward into the New Testament. In the book of Acts, there's the story of another shipwreck. A man named Paul. At this point in time, an apostle of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He'd gone through a radical transformation. He had been an enemy of God, an enemy of the gospel. God, in his sovereignty and his grace, poured out his mercy on Paul, brought him into his kingdom, and said, hey, I want you to go. And so Paul sent around, around the known world to tell people about Jesus. And he's on this ship as a prisoner in chains for the gospel, heading to Rome for them to prosecute him in front of the, the emperor. And as he's on the ship, a storm comes up. And the, and the ship wrecks. It's getting ready to go down. And God's Holy Spirit says to Paul and tells Paul to declare this to the passengers on the ship, I want you to know none of you are going to die. God's going to spare everybody on this ship. Why? Because I'm here. So what happens? Sure enough, the ship goes down. They're able to wash up on shore of an island. They're protected. God saves and spares everybody on the ship. Why? Simply because Paul was there. Do you see the contrast here? One man running from God, running from what God has for him. His simple presence creates danger for the people around him. Danger for those who are in his situation, for those who are in his influence. Another man, full of the call of God, pursuing God, sacrificing his life, living up to everything God has for him. His simple presence brings protection and blessing for everybody who's around him. So we ask the question today, who do you want to be? Who do you want to be? Right? Do you want to, none of us want to be Jonah. None of us wants to be the person that, that just being around means everything is chaotic. 
means everything is out of order, means everything is disarray because we're running from God and running from God's best. All of us want to be Paul, right? That our simple presence in a situation, that your simple presence in that workplace makes that place better. That's simply your willingness to be in that neighborhood. Your, your presence at that school, your just being around makes the situation better for everybody. What an amazing place to be. That everybody would benefit just because you walked into the room. I believe you can get to that place. In fact, I believe that's the place God wants you to be. That you're so full of his spirit, so full of his anointing, so in tune with his call on your life that every way you go, you are blessed and highly favored. And because you're blessed and highly favored, that just kind of trickles out into everybody around you. Right? See... That's who we want to be as a church. We want to be Paul. The reality is sometimes churches are Jonah. Sometimes a church in a community becomes the opponent, the enemy of the community. Sometimes a church begins to speak down and speak negative about the community and and point to all the flaws. Sometimes a church takes the Jonah spirit. I don't really want to see these wicked people forgiven. We're going to be the safe place and you can come and be like us, but if you're not, we're against you. God has not called us to be Jonah. He's called us to be Paul. Jeremiah chapter 29 makes this perhaps most explicit. In Jeremiah 29, God's people have been exiled. They've been taken captive. They have disobeyed and rebelled against God. And so God has given them to their enemies. Their enemies come in and ransack Israel and carry off their people into captivity. And God raises up a prophet named Jeremiah. To speak to the people as they're going away. They're going to go to captivity for 70 years, for a full generation. People who are carried off into captivity are not going to come back. It's going to be another generation that's going to return in 70 years. And this is what God tells them as they're getting ready to go to a wicked city that worships wicked gods, that has taken them captive, that is hurting God's people. This is what God says as they're going to this place. Verse, starting in verse 4 of chapter 29, it says, This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. He says, build houses and settle down. In other words, you're going to be here for a while. This is not something I'm bringing you back next year. This is not a short-term thing. You need to plant, build some roots. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Skipping down to verse 7, he says, Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Seek the peace and prosperity of Babylon, the headquarters of wickedness, the headquarters of sinfulness, the headquarters of debauchery, the enemies of God's people. Seek the peace and prosperity of this city. Pray to the Lord for it. Why? Because if Babylon prospers, you will prosper. In other words, the Spirit of God, speaking through Jeremiah, says, your future is directly tied to the future of your city. The way that you are blessed, the things that you walk in, the things that happen to your life are directly connected to what happens in the city that I've placed you in. I love this passage. I love this call. That God gives to his people because I've lived a nomadic life. I've moved around a lot. I I moved when I was a freshman in high school. My family left the only home I'd ever known in the middle of the inner city in Seattle, Washington. And we moved to small town, North Carolina, Forest City. Huge transition, massive 
culture change, very uncomfortable on a lot of levels. And as I lived there, I began to see God give me a heart for that city. My parents are still in that city today, 20, what, four years later, still in Forest City. I left Forest City, and I went to college in Toccoa, Georgia, another place. I spent some time there. Then I went to Oklahoma, Tulsa, Oklahoma, to intern. I spent four years in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I moved back to Forest City for a couple of months, and then God brought me to South Haven, Mississippi, right? Mississippi, place I never thought I would go, let alone live, let alone serve, let alone love. But God had a different plan. From South Haven, he brought me to Olive Branch eventually. We have a lot of transplants in our church. We have a lot of people here who God has brought from other places. It's one of the things that I love about our church. I can look around this morning and see people who've been brought here from Illinois, people who've been brought here from Oklahoma, people who've been brought here from Texas, from California, from South Carolina, right? There's people who have come from a lot of different places. We have people in our church even from Germany sometimes who have come from the other side of the world. We have a lot of transplants here. And whether you are one of those transplants, whether maybe you're somebody who's from DeSoto County, you grew up here, you grew up in Memphis, maybe you moved away for a time and God brought you back, or maybe you've been here for life, right? Like you're from here, you're living here, you're dying here, that's all you're ever going to know. We all have one thing in common. At this point, in this season, unless you're just visiting here for Memorial Day weekend from another place, God has called you to this city. Now, when I say this city, I don't necessarily mean Olive Branch because we don't all live in Olive Branch. For you, that might be Millington. It might be Collierville. It might be South Haven. It might be Hernando. It might be Nesbitt. It might be Bahalia. It might be Memphis, right? It may be another city, insert other local city here, but whatever city God has you in, I believe God has called you to. In fact, I'd even go beyond called. I would go so far as to say God has sent you. You are a sent one to your city. We all have this in common. We are called to be a blessing to our city. Look again at Jeremiah 29, 7. It says, also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. How many of us would say, I'm not interested in prospering? Zero hands. Right? Usually there's at least one sarcastic one to raise their hand just for the attention, like one person who just wants everybody to see them. Didn't even have that. Right? All of us would like to prosper. Like if we're choosing between suffering and prospering, sign me up for this one. Right? And the word of God says that will happen only if the city to which I have sent you also prospers. See, God is for our city. God is for this city. God is for you. And since God is for you, he is for the city that you live in. Because God knows that as your city goes, so you go. You see, God is for people. And since God is for people, he is for the city that the people live in. Because God knows as the city goes, so the people go. You see, God is for his church. And because God is for his church, he is for the city that he has placed his church in because God knows that as the city goes, so his church will go. You see, God is for the lost. 
And because God is for the lost, he is for the city that the lost live in. Because he knows that as the city goes, so will the lost go. God is for our city. You see, we've been building to something over the last few weeks. God is for Olive Branch. Amen? Amen. If God is for Olive Branch, then we need to be for Olive Branch. Hashtag. 4OB, right? Now, here's the danger. We live in the slacktivist generation. We live in the generation where it's really easy to throw a hashtag on something, post a picture of something, and think we did something, right? This doesn't actually make us for Olive Branch, right? This doesn't actually accomplish anything. This can be a tool to rally us, to unite us. It can be a tool to inspire us. It can be a tool to remind us that when you put this shirt on and you look at this, it's a reminder, you know what? God's called me and sent me to my city, right? And you can change it up. It can be hashtag for Memphis. It can be hashtag for South Haven. It can be hashtag, man, God moves you across the country next year. Hashtag for whatever city he sends you to. Right? It's not about Olive Branch. It's about where God has sent us. But if all it is is a t-shirt, we just spend a lot of money for nothing. But if the t-shirt is a reminder, if it rallies us, if it points us in a direction, then I believe it can be very impactful. What I want to do today is I want to talk to you about five ways that we can be for our city. In fact, that's the original wording that I chose, but then I felt like God tweaked it. We're going to do five ways that we will be for our city. We're just going to declare this prophetically, that this is our DNA, that this is who we are as a church, that this is the direction that God is taking us. This is the call he's placed us on. If God has brought you to partner with City Church, if he's called this to be your church home, then this is the call that you have. This is who we are going to be. This is our DNA going forward. I believe we've had pieces of this DNA, but I believe God's bringing greater clarity to it and calling us to a new level of being for our city. Here's what we're going to do. Five ways we will be for our city. Number one, I need you, God needs you, we need to embrace that you have been sent to your city. Number one, you just got to embrace it. You've got to wrap your arms around it, believe it, God has sent you to your city. You are a missionary. Amen? <coughs> Excuse me. John 20, 21, Jesus says this. It says, again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. This is to his disciples. This is to his followers. This is as he's about to breathe on them for them to receive his Holy Spirit. The first salvation. The first people who receive salvation the way we receive salvation. That Jesus has died and risen again. He's paid the price for our sins. The gospel is now enacted and empowered. It's not a future thing. It's a present thing. He breathes on them to receive his Holy Spirit. And he says... As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. In other words, if the Holy Spirit lives in you, if you've received salvation, then this command is for you. You have been sent. Now, not all of us are sent across the globe. Not all of us are sent to die for Jesus, as most of those people were. Praise God. That was a special mission he had for them. But if you're a believer in Jesus, you have been sent. Acts 1.8 puts it this way. It says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Second experience, not the salvation experience, the baptism in the Holy Spirit experience. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses. Where? In Jerusalem, the city that they were in. Then to Judea and Samaria, the surrounding regions, and then to the ends of the earth. But first and foremost, they were sent to their city. 
I don't believe that our city is all that we're called to. I don't believe our city is all that we're called to do. That's why we support world missions. That's why we give and, and, and help partner with ministries to, to see God's gospel go across the globe. We're not just called to our Jerusalem, which is Olive Branch, but we are called first to Jerusalem. We are called first to our city. That is the first place that God has sent us. So you've got to wrap around this. You may love the city you live in. You may hate the city you live in. You may be grateful to be here. You may be like, God, why did you send me to this wilderness? What are you doing in my life? Right? You just got to grab a hold of, while God has you here, there may be another season. There may be another place. There may be another city. There may be another location. But however long he has you here, you have been sent here you got to embrace that you've been sent. First and foremost, receive the call, embrace the call. Secondly, here's what we're going to do. We're going to serve our city. We're going to serve our city. So first, we're going to embrace the call that we've been sent to our city. Second, we're going to serve our city. Now, we have a ministry here we call Mission OB. And when I originally had this message lined up, I was going to talk to you a whole lot about Mission OB and all the different stuff we got coming up and all the ways that we can serve through Mission OB. And I felt like that was the wrong direction. Because if we make this thing about Mission OB, then all it is is a program that we can plug into and be a part of, and we're not at Mission OB, then this isn't our call. And I don't think that's what God's taking us to. I believe God's taking us to a place where, yes, we do Mission OB, and yes, we serve our city through organized, planned activities and outreaches, and those are going to be powerful and they're going to be important, but we don't get to turn off the call to our city when we're not at Mission OB. Right? See, I'm still called to my city when I'm not wearing the pastor hat, when I'm not in the office, right? You're still called to the city when you're not at church, when you're not at city group. This is not just something we do when we gather. I believe even more importantly, if we're going to do and tap into what God has for us, it's something we have to be when we scatter. Acts 1.8 said, you will be my witnesses. It didn't say you will go and witness. You will be my witnesses to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. In other words, this was starting, this was their, who they became. It was their identity. It wasn't just something that they did. The danger of, of, of outreach ministry is it becomes just something that we do, not something that we are. So we're going to keep doing outreach ministry, don't get me wrong, and we're going to talk about that in the next few weeks. We'll talk about that towards the end of June, ways you can plug in and ways that we're going to serve our city together. But my challenge for you today is serve your city even when we don't have something on the calendar, right? Even, even when we don't have a free T-shirt, right? Even when we're not gathering around an opportunity to give away clothes or to wash cars or to give away Thanksgiving meals or whatever other outreaches God has for us in the future, we're not just going to limit it to that. This is who we are. We are called to Olive Branch. We are called to our city even when we're not gathering. One, one example of this uh, so this year, we, we told you we signed up my, our four-year-old Judah for T-ball, his first year playing T-ball. And I could tell you some great stories of T-ball. I could tell you some awful stories from T-ball. I could tell you some injuries. In fact, uh, Thursday night, uh, we do coach pitch for the first three pitches, and then if they can't hit it, then they put it on the tee. So Thursday night, uh, Judah swung, and for the very first time, he hit a ball with his thumb. Uh, and uh, that, that's a painful experience if you've never experienced it, uh, especially for a four-year-old who has no clue, not wearing batting gloves, like not ready for it. So he just screamed and screamed. Poor kid was like so hurt, and we had to kind of take him out of the game. And then he was mad that he didn't get to bat, right? Now, now he missed his at-bat, and he was upset about that. So it's been a very traumatic season for us. Uh, 
A lot of tears, a lot of emotions. Uh, but but T-Ball, we signed Judah up. And long story short, they were, they were five head coaches short. They had so many kids sign up, they didn't expect as many signups as they had. So they called me and they asked me to coach. Um, and I was never a great baseball player. Um, I, I, I enjoyed baseball as a kid, but it was certainly not my best sport. Um, it, and I don't really have a ton of time in my calendar. I'm, I'm pretty busy. And so my initial reaction was no. Uh, but we talked about it, we prayed about it, we thought about it, we asked some questions, and we made the decision yes. Because this was a way, number one, for me to serve my kid and bless my kid. But number two, it was a way for us to serve our city. It was a way for us to get involved outside of city church, right? And this is, has nothing to do with the church. We're not wearing the church name on our T-shirts. has nothing to do with this. It's just a chance for us to say, you know what, we want to be engaged and involved in our community. We've met a lot of people. In fact, we got the best set of parents of any T-ball team in, in Olive Branch. Uh, I am so impressed. We show up, and everybody's there. They're supporting. They're helping. We've had multiple teams we played, and there's like one parent there. It's like, what in the world is going on? I don't understand how that happens, but I'm grateful. <laughs> Excuse me. I told you if I get too fired up. I'm grateful for the parents on our team. So we've been able to, to meet some people, which you may not under, know this, but when you're a pastor and you move to a city simply to be in ministry, like you don't know a whole lot of people outside of the church. You got neighbors and you got people at church. And, and so it's been really good for us to get involved and engaged in something that's not connected to the church. We want to serve our city outside of the church. Amen. Thirdly, what are we going to do to be for our city? We're going to speak life over our city. We're going to speak life over our city. As a, as a young person growing up, um, it's very popular to hate whatever city you're in. Uh, when, when I grew up in Seattle, everybody wanted to live in California, right? Like California was the dream. Like we knew some people that had moved there from California and they were like the coolest people. Oh man, what's it like? Do you go to Disneyland every day? Right? Like you have like all these, all these false ideas. And so, so man, it would be so much cooler if we could only live here. Then you, you move to Forest City, North Carolina. And, and it's like everybody, man, I just wish I was in Charlotte. When it's an hour away. There's an actual city. There's stuff to do. I wish we could live over there, right? And God takes you different places. And it seems like wherever he takes you, the people act like the place where they live is awful. And so I'm going to challenge you. Are there some things that we can criticize about DeSoto County? Absolutely. Are there some things that we can criticize about Memphis? Yes. But we're going to start speaking life over our city. Why? Because as our city prospers, so will we prosper. And the word of God says that the blessing, uh, that the tongue has the power of life and death. Right? I don't think things magically change simply because we say Memphis is a great city. Boom, all of a sudden it's a great city. It's not what I'm saying. But, but it frames our mindset. Right? Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. When we start speaking God's thoughts and God's feelings and God's word over a city, it's going to change how we feel about that city. And if our emotions about the city change, our actions towards the city will change. A lot of stuff we could criticize. Let, let me say this too. Let me just go ahead and make this official. One of the things that happens over here on our side of the state line in Mississippi is we kind of have this, this rivalry and, and kind of this shunning of Memphis. We, we, we like to talk down about Memphis all the time. We're not going to be those people, City Church. That's not, got real quiet, right? Because we do it, right? We're not going to talk bad about Memphis. Why? Because if you think Olive Branch can prosper without Memphis prospering, you're out of your mind. 
As Memphis goes, Olive Branch will go. Memphis is where the jobs are. Memphis is the, the hub of all of this. And so God loves Memphis. God loves the people of Memphis. God believes in the people of Memphis. God is for Memphis. We are going to be for Memphis. Amen? I know that's challenging, right? Some of y'all find a new church next week. That's okay. It's all right. That's all right. We're going to do this together. This is going to be who we are. And if you can't get behind it, I'm not like trying to run people off. I'm just saying, man, this, this is what God is calling us to. Man, God has brought us here. He birthed you here. He raised you here or he brought you here. And if he's brought us here, man, we've got to have a heart for our city. We're going to speak life over our city. Number four, we're going to pray for our city. This is explicitly commanded in Jeremiah 29. He says, pray to me for the peace and prosperity of your city. God wants us to intercede for our city. This isn't just something that we do once every four months before a big outreach, right, at church. Like we gather and we pray for our city and then we go and we forget about it. Man, this is who we need to be. We need to be praying for our civic leaders, for, for, for the people who are making decisions for whatever city that you're in. We need to be interceding for them. We need to be praying for the lost in our city. There are people in Olive Branch dying and going to hell right now. And we're not called as city church to reach every one of those. Man, thank God there's other churches doing this too. Thank God we're not alone in this. But we are called to play our parts. And we got to intercede for these people. we got to stand in the gap for them. If we don't pray for them, who will? If we're city church of Olive Branch, right? If that's our name, that's our DNA, that's the identity that we've chosen, and we can't pray for the lost out here, who do you think is going to do it? We are called to pray for our city. When we end our service today, Dundal's going to come up here, and he's going to lead us in a prayer for our city. I'm going to ask you, when he does that, don't let that be a spectator sport, man. Don't check out in your mind and figure out how quickly do we need to get to the restaurant before everybody else gets there. What what route do I need to take to make a mad dash to get my T-shirt before a line forms? Like, engage. Right? We don't believe that prayer is a spectator sport. In other words, he's not going to stand up here and pray while the rest of us listen. We are going to pray together for our city. We are going to intercede for our city. We are going to walk this thing out together, not just when we gather, but, man, if we can't do it when we gather, we're sure not going to do it when we scatter. we got to pray for our city. Number five is this. Believe we are called, and this is what we are going to do to love our city, asking you to love your city, whatever city that may be. Love your city. Love the people of your city. Because what is a city but a bunch of people? That's all it is, right? So when we're called to love our city, we are called to love the people. Not just the people who look like you. Not just the people who speak the same language you do as fluently as you do. Not just the people who vote the same way you do. Not just the people who sin the same way that you do. Right? We are going to love the people of our city because God has sent us to his city and God loves those people. So we are going to love our city. We are going to put our heart into our city. We are going to invest in our city, whatever city that is. Now, God may take you to another city one day. And when he does, plug into there. Invest in there. Do what he's called you to there. But for this time, for this season, we are going to love our city. Here's how invested and committed to this we are at City Church. As of today, well, go ahead and put that first graphic up. So we are City Church of Olive Branch, right? We, we became City Church of Olive Branch back in June 
of 2008, the very end of June of 2008. We've been City Church of Olive Branch now for, what is that, a little over, right at 11 years at City Church of Olive Branch. A few of you were there when we became City Church of Olive Branch. Most of you never knew us before when we were Church on the Horizon. Most of you weren't a part of that. A few of us diehards are still around. Been through a lot together. Been through some stuff together. Um, We've been City Church of Olive Branch for a long time, and I'm grateful for that name. I think it's been great for us. I think it's been a great identity. But about a a little over a year ago, God started to stir in my heart that we had a new name coming. And it's going to be a very, very insignificant name change on one level and a very significant name change on another level. And so I want to introduce to you today the new name that we're going to have in just a moment. Uh, Let me say this. The sign's not going to change right away. Make sure we don't flash that up there too quick. Uh, The sign's not going to change right away. Uh, Some, like the offering envelopes aren't going to change. Like we'll we'll make some of those changes gradually as we go because it's a very minor change. But I want you to know because I think for our DNA, for our identity, it's significant. So starting today, we're going to start to be known not as City Church of Olive Branch. We're going to be City Church for Olive Branch. A very minor name change with very significant implications. Here's why we're going to do this. What does of say? Of just says a location, right? Of just says where we're located. It doesn't make a big statement. It actually has brought a lot of confusion because a lot of people think because of that name that we're connected to another city church somewhere. So people ask us all the time, are you guys part of city church of Memphis? Are you part of City Church of Chicago? Are you connected to City Church here, City Church there? And we're like, nope, we're just City Church. Sorry about that. Uh, so, so it's been confusing for people who, who don't know us. That it, it creates some, some assumptions of things that aren't actually true. Um, but ultimately, the of just doesn't say a whole lot. For, on the other hand, makes a pretty strong declaration, in my opinion. We've spent five weeks talking about it. Five weeks talking about this little word, for. And what it declares, that, that we, God is for us, meaning he is on our side. That God is for us, meaning that he's useful for us, that we need him in our lives. That God is for people, for our church, for the city, for the lost, for me, and for you. God's for us. And so, as City Church, number one, obviously, we're for God. We are on God's side. We are for his glory, for his exaltation. We are for our God. But secondly, he's, because we're for God... He's sent us to our city. He's called us to our city. And so I don't think changing the sign is going to like all of a sudden hundreds of people are going to show up because we changed one letter in our church name. It's not not what I'm saying. I don't even think it's going to really impact the outside very much. I'm not worried about impacting the outside. I'm worried about impacting us. And I believe that that little simple name change makes a big difference in our identity. That man, when, when, when I declare, hey, where do you go to church? I go to city church for all the branch. Every time that comes out of your mouth, there's going to be a reminder. We are for our city. We are called to our city. We're going to love our city. We're going to pray for our city. We're going to embrace that we're sent to our city. We're going to serve our city. We are for our city. It's who we are. It's not just what we do. It's not just something that that we set on the calendar. It's got to become our DNA. I'm so excited for this. I'm such a believer in this. You may be like, I I thought there was something really big going on, and we just moved around two letters and added one. Uh, But I think that little change is going to make a huge difference. I think it's who God's called us to be. I think it's who we are going to be for a very long time as we embrace fully God's call for us in this city. So City Church, for Olive Branch, 
Will you stand with me? We're going to pray. Then we're going to go back into worship for a few minutes. And we're, we're going to declare that greater things are yet to come. Greater things are still to be done in this city. As you sing that, I want you to sing it over your city. If you're part of Olive Branch, I want you to sing it over Olive Branch. If you live in Nesbitt, sing it over Nesbitt. If you live in Memphis, sing it over Memphis. Whatever town is on your address, I want you to declare that from your heart, man. Just like, just, just like Hunter was talking about. It's truth. We know that, that God has said these things. He's declared these things. But we're going to add some spirit to it. Amen? And when we, when we worship in spirit and in truth, things start to happen. Things start to shake. Things start to break. We believe there's a spirit world. And that it's got to happen in the spiritual before it can happen in the natural. That we've got to make it happen there before we'll ever see it here. So we're going to declare this over our city. Before we do, let me pray over you. Father God, I thank you so much for these incredible people. God, I thank you for their heart, for you, for their heart, for your city. So God, right now, we ask that you would use us to fulfill your call as we are sent to a city. God, we thank you for Olive Branch. We thank you for our leadership. We thank you for, for this city that you've called us to. We ask you to use us in a mighty way.